Hey, want to learn about the latest trends in digital marketing? In today's connected world, information is plentiful and always changing. It's difficult to keep up. Each week, we bring you the latest digital marketing news in easy, digestible format. Say goodbye to hours of research and learn everything you need to know right here. You are listening to This Week in Marketing. Hey everyone, welcome to This Week in Marketing show, also known as the Twim show. I'm your host, Sajid Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of uh, week of September 7, 2020. First of all, we are going to start off with a news from our good friend at TikTok. So looks like, you know, back in July, TikTok had announced the creator fund and, you know, obviously a lot of TikTokers had applied for it and some people started, uh, getting money from it as well but you know tiktok was pretty uh you know made it very simple to join the creator fund but it looks like you know a lot of the people were are upset in terms of you know what they're getting back from tiktok in terms of monetizations and you know there are claims as well that you know if a video or if a creator on tiktok is trying to monetize then their reach is not as much as you know if they had uh opted not to and now this is not all like you know uh hearsay it's like some one of the tiktok users that's what he did he created a video and he was not getting any reach he was not getting any um you know distribution and then you know obviously he took he exited the program and then suddenly he got a lot of things now this brings into question like you know what's tiktok really doing right you know some people have complained like you know the money they're getting back in terms of the video it's really minuscule uh you know in it could be a lot more for people like in another country where, you know, a dollar to that cu- country's currency exchange is a lot higher. And especially if someone who has a lot of time on their hand, but, you know, if it's a creator in the U.S. trying to monetize from TikTok and this is what's it's going to happen, uh, you know, having a billion dollar war chest uh, that in terms of d- doing a creator fund doesn't really do anything. So TikTok hasn't really come out and, you know, explained what's going on over there. But, you know, it just seems like there are a lot of news around people are saying hey uh this thing is not really working out this thing is fake this thing is weird this thing is everything else so why are we sharing in this uh in our show it's because you know we covered this the creator fund in our show back in july when this was announced and we talked about it so you know it was a good way to get monetized but you know if this is what's going to happen where tiktok is going to you know not be transparent and basically do hokey pokey i mean you know it's going to chase users away people are going to leave i mean you know and if creators are not really going to make money off this platform then you know they probably have to figure things out i mean i'm pretty sure this is like a teething issue where you know tiktok is still figuring it out and what they're doing is an algorithm issue that's what they're going to come out and say that but will remain to be seen so anyway moving on let's move on to the next uh thing we have uh, from a report from our good friend at Twitter. Uh, Twitter basically recently uh, last week, or sorry, I mean this week, uh, since it's this week in marketing, and I'm recording this on a Sunday, so the week hasn't finished yet. Um, so our friends at Twitter l- released some data around, you know, back to uh, back to school trends in terms of what they have seen between the back to school period in 2019 versus 2020, and they kind of, you know, highlighted through an uh, infograph in terms of what they're seeing. So I'm going to quickly cover that in our show right now. One of them is like they have seen a lot of um, 
uh, uptick on demands in computers and tablets. Haha. Ha. I mean, you know, that goes without saying, but you know, it's good to kind of someone validating because, you know, Twitter is saying is there is, has been a 77% uh, uptick on computers and 86% uptick on uh, tablets. Along the same side, they've seen a 50% decrease in pencils and 13% in folders. So that kind of shifts, like, you know, obviously, you know, kids, school, universities are going into virtual mode, uh, distance learning. So that's really understandable. Uh, people have seen a lot of uptick in pajamas, sweatpants, uh, or people, sorry, I mean Twitter. Uh, and believe it or not, 405% on pajamas and 424% in sweatpants, whereas the uh, the demand for or the trends on shoes and jeans have gone down about roughly 50%. I mean, shoes was 55% and jeans was 46%. Same way, self-care, that has really gone down on Twitter. Their Twitter is saying there's face care, hair care, physical weight, uh, wellness has gone down. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a shift. I mean, as we are home, people are not really worried about hair care. They're behind uh, the computer screens all day long. What does it mean for a marketeer or someone listening to our show? It means that if you are in this space, you know, pajamas, sweatpants, that's your opportunity. You know, we are going to be home for a certain extended period of time. You know, COVID is not, COVID-19 is not going to get over anytime soon. Uh, this should give you some idea of how to market right? This should give you idea of maybe if you're thinking of getting into a marketing angle or if you're thinking of getting into launching a new product, these are the areas you should think about. That's the reason why we are um, covering this. And other than that, nothing else. Let's move on to our next update, which is from our friends at Facebook. So our friends at Facebook, aka Mr. Zuckerberg, is saying that starting February 2021, which is basically about another five months away, give or take, that they are going to limit how many ads a page can run, right? And they have published this criteria, right? You know, if you're spending, and they're going to base it on the uh, annual annual amount of money one uh, one page, Actually, KK page owner has spent on that page um, the prior year, which is about, you know, for $100,000, you can only have 250 ads. Uh, for medium size businesses that has spent anywhere between 100000 to $1 million in the last 12 months is a 1,000 ads. 1 million to 10 million is about 5,000 ads. And, you know, over 10 million, you can have 20,000 ads at the same time. That's going to be like Donald Trump slash Joe Biden type campaigns where they have like pouring millions of dollars. They're going to run 20, 000, millions of variations. Now, the point here is why are they doing it? Or at least why is Facebook claiming why they're doing it is, number one, they're saying, you know, when when someone who's spending less than $100,000 on their platform and they're creating multiple, uh, you know, ads right so there some people there is a notion in the market space you know that you know you need to have variations of your ad and sometimes you need to cre take your winning ad and like you know multiply it by 10 times and change a little bit of hair tweak it here and there and then keep changing facebook is saying that they're seeing a lot of uptick in terms of people like you know changing their ad stopping their ad moving their ad while the ad is still in learning phase now that's Facebook saying. Now, the word on the street is that sometimes Facebook will keep a ad in learning phase for seven to 10 days time and people don't, don't want to keep that an ad in that long time. They want to get results quickly. And this is something I'm saying, I'm not sharing like, you know, hearsay. This is something I'm sharing from, uh, from information that I've 
gotten from people who are actually running their own campaigns and they're saying, you know what, learning phase, when I see an ad in learning phase, it's just basically Facebook trying to like, you know, keep it learning phase as long as it can so that they can spend more money. And look, at the end of the day, the game here is marketeers or advertisers who are advertising on Facebook wants to maximize their return right and they want to like test quickly they want to kill the ineffective ad very quickly so that they can move on to the next one i mean this has probably given rise to a lot of this impatient marketeers advertisers who are basically not going to even wait for a learning phase now facebook doesn't say how long this learning phase is on the other hand facebook makes money if an ad is in learning phase if it's not performing well and it just keeps it there but one thing they're going to do is they're going to limit if they limit the number of ads that someone at a time can run uh, when they're below a certain dollar threshold what this does i think it frees up a lot of inventory for facebook number one number two is um, you know it gives them a more ability to basically put a tighter control around you know uh, audits and finding those bad actors and bad ads who are trying to slip by through review process so basically facebook is trying to like you know, reduce the number of ads someone be uh, below a certain threshold is running and they're basically saying you know what we don't want you to crowd our system let's keep our system a little bit clean so that it's easier for us to monitor as well as you know we want to increase our inventory for people who are high spenders that's what my thought is all around but you know Facebook hasn't come out with that. You know, it's always, you know, we need to read between the lines. And that's my point here. I'll leave it up to you. But I want you to know that, you know, this is coming in about five months time. Good thing they're not doing it in during the holiday season, which is right around the corner. They're doing it in the next new year and let between February and June, people are going to you know, fight and figure it out. With that, let's move on to the next update, which is from our friend at Snapchat. So what Snapchat com came out with was basically some data, again, similar to our friends that Twitter did, which is uh, they're talking about Gen Z. Gen Z are basically people who are right now uh, between the age of 13 and 24 years old in the U.S. And, you know, they're saying Snapchat is saying 90% of the Gen Z are on their platform. So they have, and that is a lot more than, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Messenger combined in this age bracket. So that's yay for Snapchat. Like, look, uh, you know, they are able to like, you know, tap into the future um, um purchaser future generation at an early age so they are going to probably stay with them now what snapchat found from their you know they've partnered with this institution called canter i haven't heard of them before that but you know that doesn't that's not the point the point is that they went in and they basically looked at uh, what are these gen zers looking for what motivates them what are they buying for right because that's what um you know, it's very important because if they, because today's Gen Z, which is between the age of 13 to 24, is going to be our future customers who we are going to sell any product, services, things like that. So one thing the Snapchat really mentioned, and I found it very interesting is like, you know, Gen, Gen Zers express themselves through brand selection. So the brand that they choose says a lot about them. So, and they rely a lot on the opinion of the friends and family more so than any other generations. Like, and, and they basically compare it against, um, you know, different uh, generations, the Gen X, the baby boomers, things like that. Now, the other thing is, you know, their preferences, the Gen Zers preference 
changes, shifts as they go from one category to another. Like, for example, I'm looking at like, you know, uh, when they're in hair care, they care about, they want to work with a company that or a brand that cares about the customers, cares about the environment community is exclusive or prestigious. That's in the hair care category. Now, Ju- let's jump onto the other side in the luxury apparel. Gen Zers don't care about, you know, doesn't care whether the brand cares about the customers or not. They care about a little bit about, you know, environment and community, but they want something that's exclusive and prestigious. That's a quite a big contrast. Like, as you can see, when they're like, thinking of buying, say, a Ferrari, they don't care whether Ferrari is cares about the customers or not. They're not very much motivated about it. They're they care a little bit about whether they care about the Ferrari company of uh, as a corporation, Ferrari Corporation is caring about the environment or not a little bit, but they care about if Ferrari is exclusive or prestigious or not. So what this means for any marketeer advertisers listening to our show is like, you have to pick and choose which category are you playing in. Are you in hair care, smartphones, athletic apparel, things like that? Because if so, then you kind of have to tailor your messages. And I'm, I'm not saying go and you know diss your customers or don't care about the environment, but you got to make sure your messaging is right. Because you know if you want to target Gen Zers uh, and you are in the athletic apparel category. Obviously, you want to make sure that your website talks about your customers, how much customers you, what you, how much you love your customers, what you do for your customers, how much you care about the environment, and how much exclusive and prestigious your brand is. If you check all those boxes, obviously, Zengers are going to be like you know head over heels about uh, uh, about your brand. So that's the point, nothing else. So with that, uh, let's move on to a quick update to our friend from Google. That Google decided that they are going to add a new metric called uh, engaged view conversions and basically get rid of this conversion called view through conversions, right? For a particular type of YouTube ad, which is called true view skippables in stream ads. Now that's a loaded term. Let me break it down for you. What is true view skippable in stream ads in YouTube? It's basically those ads that show up in Google that you can skip after the five seconds. The first five seconds, and then after that, you have you can click skip and you can skip it. And in the past, you know, Google used to say, you know, if someone has skipped your ad and that, you know, or if someone hasn't skipped your ad, they watched beyond five seconds, between five and t- 15 seconds, they would, and they ended up, you know, they would count it as a view through conversion. Now, Google is saying, you know, that's not really a good metric anymore. It's not a good measurement. So we are going to create something called engaged view conversions. It's basically someone who watches your um, video beyond that uh who watches your video for more than 10 seconds or more, uh, but doesn't click on that ad, but a few days later comes back and clicks on something on your website, uh, then Google is going to connect those two saying, you know, that conversion happened or that visitor came back because of the ad they saw. Again, let me explain. Again, I know it's confusing, so let me again explain what EVC, Engaged View Conversion, actually works. Engaged View Conversion works is like someone watches your video ad on YouTube for 10 seconds or more, but doesn't really click on it, doesn't click on it, or doesn't convert that right away. But they come back within a few days back onto your website and does something, some other activity or does a conversion, then Google is going to uh, give credit to that ad that they saw. 
And Google is saying, you know, that uh, this is going to be a true measurement of conversions. And, you know, this, I feel like, you know, this is actually a good way uh, for them to report uh, because view through conversion could mean anything. Uh, view through means like, you know, anyone could have watched any number of times. They're basically, uh, in my opinion, uh, really tightening this thing up. It is a good thing. Uh, it's something, you know, it's so new. I would not be, um, you know, able to comment much on it unless, until and unless uh, I play around with it. We do have a few YouTube ads running, so we're gonna. I'm gonna play with it, and I'm gonna share the results in our private group. So if you're interested to know how this actually changed the metric changes in terms of you know what we see, then do join our private group because that's where we are gonna share uh, a lot about it. With that, let's move on to the second last, uh, uh, not the second last. This next update we have that's also from Google. It's about Google business, Google My Business. So what Google My Business? Uh, added a new attributes was like you know now they have a way to option health and to option or businesses can option add uh, or highlight health and safety measures that you are putting in place for your business uh, especially at this time of the you know years or this given what's going on again the pandemic you know i i feel like you know i'm repeating myself again and again but you know it goes without saying like you know they figured you know people are still searching on google like people are searching for businesses things like that and they're adding like you know now a business if you have a physical brick and mortar location, you can add something like appointment required, mask required, staff wear mask, staff get staff get temperature checks, temperature check-in required, things like that. Now, to me, I feel like this is a great move because I've searched, you know, I look up, I use Google all the time on Google Maps and directions and things like that. It would be helpful for me to know what a business is doing uh, and, you know, I can plan accordingly or I can choose to avoid that business if it doesn't fit my, you know, uh, personal uh, choices. So with that, what I'm going to say, folks, is that, you know, do, if you are a business, you have a brick and mortar location, do use this facility and, you know, if Google does give you a lot of SEO karma or SEO points if you use Google. Google My Business. So if you're into SEO, you want to rank higher, do definitely take in, uh, use these things because you'll be glad you did. With that, let's move on to the next update from Google as well. This is something Google launched from their area uh, 120. That's what Google calls it. Uh, it's called, uh, but anyway, we covered area 120 in one of our previous shows. It's this, uh, top secret or not a top secret. Uh, it's a project incubator, Google's incubator within Google, and they launched this thing called Fundo. It's a way for creators to monetize events. Um, you know, when I saw this thing come out, I went ahead and I signed up. Uh, and obviously, when I signed up, uh, it's my account is under uh, review. I haven't been approved yet. So until my account is approved, I would not be able to publicize event. What the great thing about I like about this thing is they have different ways I could do this. I can actually be in an event where I could... Um, um, it's like some similar to Zoom, but beyond Zoom. Like, you know, I can take selfies with people. Uh, I can actually ask people to pay. In fact, that's one of the criteria I try to play around with it um, because unless the account is approved, I would not be able to publicize, publish my account or publish my event. However, I can play around. I tried playing around. Uh, so one thing I tried to do was create a free event to see, you know, if I could do webinars for free so that, you know, I could get rid of Zoom maybe and, or maybe something else or see if I could replace Facebook uh, events for that matter. Right now, the minimum is a $5 fee. 
However, they say they did say that you know if I wanted to get a zero dollar or free events, I need to email this email address, which is I think fundo at gmail or google.com, which I did, and I requested them to like you know remove that setting so that I could actually test it out and I can report back to you all like you know how this all works. Uh, but at the face value, at playing around, creating an account and everything looks like a pretty cool solution from Google. I hope it stays around because it's from Google Area One Twenty or Google One Twenty. Uh, why it's so great is like you know. It's a way for me to broadcast my event, right? Uh, it's a way to broadcast my event and actually get rid of something as expensive as uh, Zoom for webinars, or we I use Click Meeting as well, and I don't like this at all, right? I'm paying about thirty dollars a month, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, uh, that's more for another day. For now, you know, check it out. Uh, we are going to put a link to Fundos. Sign up, play it around. And see if it works for you or not. And maybe, you know, it makes sense to charge five bucks for your event and see, you know, who shows up. And maybe, um, you know, that will, you know, increase your show up rates because now people are paying because and if, well, people care more when they're paying for something, right? Uh, so let's move on to the last update of the day, which is from Google again. And Google is basically decided that, you know, they're going to now start blocking heavy ads. Now, if you're listening to our show, this is something we covered during the week of May 18th, uh, where, you know, they said Google, uh, Chrome was, has discovered that, you know, um, there are certain percentage of ads that consume a lot of data and they're bad and everything else. So we are going to start blocking them and that they were supposed to, um, they announced it back in May that they're going to do this starting August, but now they're coming out and they're saying they're going to do it in this September with the release of Chrome 85. It doesn't uh, affect a whole lot of people. It affects probably yes, not a whole lot of people, a lot of pages. It actually affects a lot about, um, you know, advertisers, as well as I'm trying to think websites and web properties that are using ads. And, you know, you probably have gone to some of these websites. I know I have this thing called sometimes once in a while, I'll go to this uh, website called Daily Mirror, Daily something uh, that is out of the UK and their page is nothing but full of ads everywhere. Ads here, ads there, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I end up there not because I know the website. I think Daily Mirror. It's a British website, but anyway, uh, it's a tabloid website because sometimes, you know, they, they will show up in Google News. I use Google News a lot, uh, and because they will have a very, you know, uh, eye catching, quote unquote, news title headline, right? That will really hook your curiosity and then get you to click on it and which it does to me and I also like to do it because you know uh, it gives me a lot way to see you know what they're doing uh, to dissect and report back uh, and build my own um, you know a black book in terms of what are some of the things are doing what we should do what works and what doesn't work so where am I going with this is like you know it is ne starting September which is this month in with the release of Chrome 85 they're going to basically block ads as well as pay uh, ads on pages that are really taking up a lot of data uh, or they're using a lot of the CPU and basically uh, remove those ads so you know if you are in the display ad or if you are doing any video ads and if you you have a way to see where your ads are being shown just make sure your ads are not shown into websites or web properties that are questionable, right? It, just to make sure that, you know, you have the most, uh, the max visibility that you can get. Uh, that's all for now. So with that, folks, it brings us to the end of our show. That's it for this week in marketing. And now you know everything you need to know. 
to be in the know. If you'd like to read more, make sure you visit our show page where you will find the links to the articles. And if you enjoyed this episode of This Week in Marketing, please make sure to give us a thumbs up and follow us in our social media pages. Once again, this is, this is your host, Sajid Islam, signing off until next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to serve you all. Hit the subscribe button so that you remember to sign on next week. Same place, same time for another round of This Week in Marketing. Yeah.